You're listening to the Ape for Comics podcast, sponsored by StashMyComics.com and our local comic book shop in Roanoke, Virginia, BNDComics.com. And now, here's your hosts, Matt Barrett and Neil Rickman. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Ape for Comics podcast, episode 14. I'm your host, Matt Barrett, and with me, as always, is Neil Rickman. Neil, ooh, it's French now. I don't even know what I was going for. It's Neil Rickman, yes. It sounded a bit Frenchy. <laughs> yes, I enjoy fries. Well, we're here in. Well, it's not that late, but I suppose it's late for somebody of my age. Uh, about 10 o'clock Eastern Time. We're finally getting around to recording. Now, you've had a busy day today. What's been going on with you? Oh, it's all my fault. No, I've just been kind of shooting across. Uh, I really didn't have like we we planned to do the show roughly today and uh i was thinking i'd do it earlier but then i got hung up uh the shop needed some help and i was like all right and i kind of jumped in there and started dealing books again cool. uh, for a second just to help out while they had things to take care of so uh, i had a good time talking to some folks there uh, that came in about some you know some of the newer stuff uh, the consensus uh was a con- <laughs> it was a uh I guess just uh, overall hiss and boo at the uh, Ben Affleck Batman news that we're going to talk about. Yes. And I, I, I'm wanting I felt, to join in with that, but we'll, we'll touch on that towards the end. I felt bad that I even kind of, I didn't even like directly bring it up, but I mentioned something and they just kind of rode <laughs> in on it. And yeah. I felt bad because the comic shop's supposed to be a happy place. <laughs> and I felt like um, it suddenly became a bit unhappy. Yeah that so <laughs> well very good did you go to the zoo and visit our favorite wolverine i did Bo was up there um yes. and he was he was very active uh when i came in initially he was passed out but towards the end i was coming out and uh they were bringing him food and he always wigs out and he starts going very quickly around his enclosure awesome and uh yeah it was cool the animals they they seemed to have a very good day the temperature was nice for them up there today on the mountains, so oh yeah, Mill, Mill Mountain Zoo folks. If you're you're wondering what we're talking about here in Roanoke, Virginia, yeah, it's, so it's, it's a great little zoo with with uh, it's a nice. I, I'd call it an intimate zoo. Uh, lots of really cool animals there. A lot of them are rescues, which is kind of nice to see. And there's a super cool wolverine by the name of Bo, uh, a wolverine that I like, as opposed to comic book wolverine that I'm not as crazy about. I gotta, I gotta, I might want to touch on that though. Okay. Not that I'm trying to convince you to like him. No, but, no, uh, I don't hate hate him. It's just he's not in my Captain America realm for sure. But they're they're doing a they're doing a, a successful job of warming me up to him. Okay. Not yeah. that I'll ever think that Cyclops was wrong. Right. But yeah. I like Wolverine because. Uh, Cause they, all right, we'll talk about it. But anyway, okay. what, what do we want to roll into now? Let's roll into some news. All right. And and the top item we had was uh, the new Lobo. Oh. Bad, bad DC. Naughty. <laughs> I'm going to scold them for this. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Okay. I don't necessarily like it. Um, for the Lobo we've known, right, um, at all, 
for the Lobo they're trying to do, it might be neat, but it's not Lobo per se, um, to me or anybody else. It it reminds me, the design reminds it really seems like there a lot of the designs, if you look at Guardians and a lot of the cosmic stuff on Marvel's side. Right. It really looks like they're tailoring it to what like a design you would see in that right now. Yeah. And it's very weird to me. If you look at some of the designs, uh, I looked on uh, IGN site. At the de- that's where I saw it at first. Is like I was just browsing the net when that popped up, and um, the couple designs that they didn't go with, there were some good looking ones actually mm-hmm. that I thought were cool. Like one even reminded me of like a Celtic big Celtic warrior looking guy, and I could have went with that even if it is supposed to be space age. Yeah, but uh, they made this one. I guess a lot of people call it an emo. Something out of Twilight. Yeah. I <laughs> don't know if I feel like it's out of Twilight. I don't know if I feel like it's emo so much as it's just, it's very not Lobo. It's like they took my body type and were like, you know what? Let's go with ultra skinny guy that's dangerous and make, you know, it was, it's a complete, you know, it's a complete 180 for that character. I feel like it's a bit too much. You can change a little bit, but now he just doesn't look intimidating at all to me. I mean, you can make him a psychopath and carry around all these cool weapons all you want, but what made Lobo Lobo was that he was big and jacked and scary and like a motorcycle dude with the with cigars and, you know. Yeah, and in this, I don't know, it's weird because you say big and jacked, but in a way to me, you know what he kind of reminds me of, and this is just me. Mm-hmm. And my head's weird. I think folks know that if they've listened. <laughs> I know that you know that. Um, he reminds me like of a Riddick or something. Mm-hmm. You know how Riddick was? Yeah. And you see, that's the thing. We're talking big and jacked. This guy, compared to Old Lobo, is not. He's still a jacked guy. Yeah. Like in his own way. Like he's, you know, he's cut, whatever. And it reminds me of something you would see like Vin Diesel do as far as that role goes. And a lot of people are like, that's what they're going with. They're going with a guy who's accurate and agile. Right. right. And not so much the hulking, just, you know, big, massive, overtly brute and cut. So. Yeah, I mean, an update's fine. I think this this went just a little too far. I, I think there was a happy medium. I think it was in some of those other two sketches. And ultimately, they went with the most extreme... Uh, version and uh, a lot of folks are pointing at these choices that we haven't liked so far as being direct like dan didio if i'm mm-hmm. saying his name right right um decisions um we we both know that there and i think other folks know there's good writers there there's a good talent in dc right. but it seems like either he's doing it or the editors are throwing a lot of this uh bad choices they're just forcing them yeah, on on the uh, creative teams, and I don't see how that's gonna stay for very long. Everybody I talked to at the shop today in my short time, um, I mean, everybody that I talked to had the consensus of DC's lost me. DC's lost me. Yeah, and that's worrisome. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you know, granted, it, it's lost us to a good amount as well. But D, that, those are characters we care about. Yeah. You know, it's not like we're like, well, I'm going to hate DC from now on or something. No, we, these characters hold special places for everyone, I think. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how this is handled because if there's the president that's sitting on top doing this, 
Right. You, you can't exactly overthrow someone in the capitalist market of America. <laughs> you don't just say, well, down with the king and yeah. storm the castle and toss him out. I, I don't know if there's a board that would be able to vote on that or if their head's even in the right game. So, Yeah, it seems like they're making a, a very concerted effort to take a lot of these characters and, and modernize them and, and bring them to a younger crowd. And I wonder if that's translating into sales for them, if they're able to actually say, Hey, this is working. Look, you know, more early twenties and teenagers are picking up our books now because we've made Lobo more accessible. You know, I don't, I don't know how they gauge this. The, you know, and that's the, other thing. Lobo's not a character that I, they're not, <laughs> your average person our younger person that wanders into the comic store is not looking for a Lobo book yeah. immediately. Right. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're looking usually for the bigger name characters that are in the movies now. Right. Or, you know, the, a bigger well-known icon. Yeah. Not that Lobo is not an icon in like his own way, but he's not as well-known as Superman, Flash, you know, all the other DC stable characters. Yeah. Um, and if they're trying to move it towards that, you don't start out by changing it this way. You would probably want to start out in the other media, like a movie or an animated feature. Um, try to sell it some other way if you're trying to sell it that way, I guess. Before yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but yeah. And I and like like okay, I'm gonna give this a shot. I'm actually picking up the Lobo book that's coming out right. under the Villains Month. I'm picking it up, and I'm gonna see. Well, is he still cool? What yeah. am I getting? So I don't right. know. Yeah, if it's there, I'd be curious to pick it up. I'm not... I didn't outright order any of the villains' books, uh, despite being interested in some of them. Are you picking any of those up besides Lobo? Any other interests? I am. I'm picking up... Uh, and I don't even remember all the ones I put as that bad. I went after villains that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, you know, Captain Cold, top of the list. Sure. Uh I think I even picked up the Bane, even though I don't so much like the Bane they've been portraying. I'm hoping right. I might get a different flavor in the book uh, this time. Doubt it'll happen. We'll see. Um, just some I, those off the top of my head. I know I just put myself down for the Atrocitus one mm -hmm. because I really like him. Atrocitus is a cool character for me. Uh, it's brought me back into the core because I had. I'd gotten tired of Green Lantern like uh, months ago, and and it, the whole Red Lantern things brought me back in for a minute. So, cool. Yeah, I'm not picking up any, but there are some villains that grabbed me off the top of my head. I I, I was interested in the Grodd book, so if I happen to see a couple of those sitting on the shelf, I might pick them up. I don't know. I made a conscious effort not to spend that extra money, though. Yeah. It's Particularly the with best. The, the 3D covers or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, I, yeah, I picked up Grundy. That's another big one for me. I wanted to oh, see what yeah. was going on with Grundy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Which, I don't know if you caught my comment as to this Affleck thing we're about to jump into. <laughs> no. I um I posted on the old Facebook page there that I was like, I don't know if you guys have heard about this new comedy coming out, Superman, Batman, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Phil Hartman should play Solomon Grundy. <laughs> oh gosh! 
If he were still with us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, Phil Hartman was an awesome comedian. It's sad that he's gone. Yeah. But if you, do you remember, uh, was it Caveman Attorney at Law he did? Yeah, the Caveman <laughs> Lawyer skit was great. It remind you know, I thought he would do a very funny take on Grundy <laughs> if it would be a comedy, yeah. which it kind of is. But you know, it's getting that way. Yeah. Well, let's wrap up the news. I mean, there's more news, but that's all we got for now. We'll, we're going to talk about some more news uh, for the special feature, which will be basically movie stuff. There's a a few big names floating out there for some new movies. We'll check up on those a little later in the podcast. Next, we're going to go on to a couple of reviews. And again, we're not doing the swap because we haven't had a chance to do so. But I wanted to touch on uh, Guardians 5 and you wanted to touch on some Conan. So let's go right into reviews. So, Guardians number five. This was my favorite so far of the. I guess it'd be six books if you include numbers. Or the, what was it the point one or zero or whatever that was? Point five. What do they call these things now? I thought it was like a zero point one something. Like uh, that. Maybe <laughs> it's too complicated. Yeah, Let's just make it zero. Um, and I I mentioned to you before how four kind of bothered me the the Tony Stark. Uh, did we decide it's Gamora? Yeah, sure. Okay, and not Gamora, <laughs> the the menacing the, Japanese turtle. Oh, I love Gamora. <laughs> so we'll say Gamora, just to keep those two separate. Ever since we discussed that, I've kind of wished that she were a turtle woman that yes. was Gamora. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. For those of you, so let's first off mention that there will be spoilers here. I'm going to go a little in depth with this book. For those of you who haven't been following it, essentially you have uh, Tony Stark hanging out with the Guardians. He's on a little sabbatical out in space to clear his head. You've got Peter Quill, um, whose dad, Spartax, um, says nobody gets to touch the Earth. Uh, Quill disobeys this while he's protecting the Earth from a, an attack. And he actually accuses uh, his father of wanting uh, the Earth for himself. So there's Father-son issues, um, and then of course we have uh, most recently Tony Stark and, and Gamora have s sort of a little fling. Um, all the while this is happening, the gang, as I as I call the Guardians now, is being chased by his dad. Is isn't that correct? That's who's continues to follow them. I have I've gathered that there is yeah that he In the is bars and such. He, yeah, he's not happy with his son's choice to pretty much directly, uh, you know, flip him off in a way. <laughs> just yeah. like, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to defend the Earth. Right. I don't care if you say um, I can't interfere in Earth's uh, defense or anything on it. And then there's other aliens that also took it as a challenge to mess with the Earth. And, right. You know, anything. Basically, the father wanted anything to do with the Earth, defending, attacking, whatever. He did not want it to happen. Right. And yeah, what what I like about this book is that it is sort of starting to explain uh, for those of you who have been reading like all new X Men and and some other books where it seems like uh, these Marvel characters are continually messing with the space time continuum. Uh, there are some repercussions, and and because of this, it's creating some rips 
in the space-time continu continuum, and this is where we're going to start to see Infinity play in. And from the beginning of this book, we see one of the problems with messing with time is sometimes you let somebody else in, and that's where we see uh, Angela. Or are, we, or are we saying Angela? I don't know. I call her Angela. I don't... They can call her whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to call her Angela. Now, she's from the image, the Spawn book, correct? Yes. Okay. And that was a Neil Gaiman-created character inside of that book, which is really interesting. And it was, okay. It was the main reason I ever got into Spawn. Right. It's just because I thought, you know, that's a, a really cool character, and it made Spawn more interesting, interesting enough to where I would follow him some. Right. So. Well, there's a gorgeous two-page spread here. And by the way, uh, writer for this is Brian Michael Bendis, art uh, Sarah Pacelli, and the colors by Justin Ponsor, I'm going to say that that is, and... I'm super digging this art. Uh, I wasn't really familiar with Sarah Pacelli before. I'm assuming she did some of the other books in this run. I I couldn't tell you to be honest. <laughs> I like the art. It's always been very similar and and good. So yeah, they, they, it's, it's consistent. They're, they're keeping yeah a, a good consistent style, which is is nice. Uh, and I worry as the book goes forward, as most things, they change teams so yeah. much. Let's keep this together. Well, Angela yeah. shows up and she's ticked because she's not in her right space time uh, place, whatever you call it. And so we find out right away she's going to look for somebody's head to take off for this. We've got some great banter throughout this book between uh, Rocket Raccoon and Tony Stark. And Tony Stark is flabbergasted at at this technology and rocket raccoon just can't believe that uh, Tony Stark has never seen all these great gadgets and devices. You, you've got to be loving that by the way. I do. <laughs> I love that rocket has one up on Tony Stark and basically thinks he's an idiot. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. I, I enjoy it a little more than I should. I should <laughs> cut Tony a little more slack than I do. I should, but I'm not gonna. Now, this book was full of surprises. We got uh, Quill running around, and all of a sudden he is grabbed by somebody who I've been wondering where she is, and lo and behold, here's Mantis. <laughs> that Yeah, and it's I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing more of, you know, Guardians has had quite the roster, really. Yeah. A rotating cast here and there from the old 2008, and they're bringing folks back in here and there. Um, I can only hope that we see Cosmo at some point. Oh yeah. Dog, but you know, yeah, the Russian talking dog and <laughs> Mantis can, um, can see the future and she sees into Peter Quill's mind and we get a great spread, uh, sort of two page spread here up at the top, uh, right in the center of the book where the staples are. And we're seeing all kinds of weird things here. I don't know if you have the book in front of you. Do you recall this page? Now, which one was it? Which page are you referring to? It's right in the middle of the book, and we we get a sense of sort of what's going to happen. We see Nova screaming, and we see the like, the female version of Captain Marvel, then the male version of Captain Marvel. We see Thanos, and then we see, uh, oddly enough, Peter Quill with Jean Grey, it looks like. <laughs> no, I don't have it in front of me, but I, okay. I do re recollect that too. Yeah, there were some look. good spreads in that. Yeah. They had the, the art was pretty explosive. So we know somehow, uh, I guess Jean Grey's going to play into this whole thing. All this 
like they've said at the beginning, all this messing with time is going to come back to haunt people and it's going to change things. And so sort of wrapping up the book, um, we told you Angela was headed somewhere. She's headed towards Earth um, to see who the heck messed up her life. And the Guardians step in and are trying to stop her. And at the end of the book, we have a, another shocker. There's some great sh surprises in this book. Peter Quill wonders who he needs to talk to about these visions he's having. And uh, Manta says, you, you, need, you, know, bleh, you know who you need to go see. And who does he go to see but Thanos at the very end of the book? Everybody's favorite uh, purple uh, child mask. I mean, not really a child <laughs> mask. Oh, it's Barney. Sorry. <laughs> Different purple person. Yes. Slightly. You, you could go with Grimace, too. Yeah. From McDonald's. <laughs> but, yeah, Thanos. Thanos would make a great uh, seller of burgers, perhaps. Yeah. And <laughs> who, who wouldn't, out of fear, you'd have to buy Thanos burgers. Yeah, our, our big purple cosmic enemy is uh making waves everywhere yeah and, and that was that was interesting i'm wondering how that conversation will continue yeah uh, as far as those two and then i will mention that i am reading infinity okay and uh i am reading it i just read the first one and i read the avengers uh first tie-in to it okay and th it's very strong yeah uh, but here's the thing, you know, these events usually start off very strong for me, at least. Marvel events, they tend to start off on fire. Right. And it just cannot hold it. It hasn't been able, none of these have really been able to hold it. Right. That stretch out into long spans. I'm very much, with the way this is going, I'll say I very much hope this one holds it. I hope that we do get some lasting results out of a crossover finally. This would be a good one for that to happen, I believe, with so much. Uh, going on with the time continuum and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and Thanos is really, I, I mean, he's always been a big bad, but he's got these guys called the Outriders, like his, his elite, essentially, that he's sending to, to kind of, you know, terrorize thing. You know, what's happening is the Avengers, the main team of Avengers, like mm -hmm. Captain America and the main, they're all going to defend against this other big bad these uh, these makers, these builders, or whatnot, uh, right. whatever these guys are called. You read some of the Avengers run where they had showed up in that, yeah. And now that that whole group is coming in, and basically, this, anybody that's a big cosmic name, the Brood, the uh, the Shi'ar, the Spartax, they're all together with that group of Avengers out in space. Mm -hmm. And Thanos is like, oh, well, you know what? the perfect time to go beat up the earth because it has no Avengers, which is kind of true, kind of not because Tony Stark hung back. Right. And is like, well, in case Captain America fails at, you know, they're trying to take the fight to this enemy that's heading towards earth. Right. Well, Iron Man's like, well, I'll be like the contingency in case you guys don't pull it off. So there's a very limited uh, defense as far as Avengers go. And what I've gotten a sense of is Guardians of the Galaxy is very much going to play a part in helping defend uh, a Thanos who's feels like the Earth is very much unguarded right now. Okay. Um, that's kind of what it's you know that's not that is what it is. Right. But um, it 
he feels so much more menacing to me in this than he has back in like Infinity Gauntlet and all that. Well, she was all you know a, a great force. You know, there was all this power. Right. But they're writing him in such a way right now that I feel like, yeah, this is pretty bad. Yeah, it's 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 been a nice build, and I think having the Guardians slowly come in and then having the miniseries about sort of reintroducing why he uh, became the way he became has, has helped to build. They've done a nice job building this, I'll say that much. And while I am not picking up everything, uh, I'm curious to see where it goes. And if I hear it's really excellent, then obviously I'll pick up the whole complete thing so I can read it. I will say that Thanos Rising, I'm a fan. Uh, it's not hit the mark with everyone, but I get what they're going for. Right. I understand why this guy is someone to be feared right? Um, greatly because <laughs> he courts death. He literally thinks that he can win death over right. by giving it more count. <laughs> and that is terrifying with yeah. um, an eternal, which yeah. is what he is. All right. Well, let's shift gears from the mainstream to the indie scene. And you wanted to touch a little bit more here on Conan because that's a book that we had discussed before. We both liked it. I know right. you continued on with it. I did not, but not because I didn't like it, just because I had to rein in my polis. So what's going on with old Conan? Has he Is he still with the, the pirate lady? It's he's still with Belit, I believe. I'm yeah. still saying it that way. No Belit. one's corrected me yet. Maybe they will. <laughs> um, but I just read number nineteen, which started a new arc uh, called the Black Stones. Okay. And they haven't really delved too deep into the supernatural, and it seems like that's exactly where this is heading. Gotcha. A lot of uh, people who are writing into the columns, which I read, which it's, it's got a really good column, uh, you know, in the back for people to write in letters column. And uh, give great uh, just feedback on. And uh, one of the big complaints was, you know, we want to see more supernatural. We, you know, it was basically all, uh, you know, swords and just heroics, which was great, I thought. And so did they, but they wanted to see more. And it looks like we're going to be dealing with uh, some some ghosts, maybe. I, you can't really tell, but it's they've happened upon this what seems to be cult in this book. Okay, and and this crazy town who uh, they're cursing he and Belit because basically they come in and they're basically pirates. That's been the whole thing. Is when while Conan has been with her, they've been pirates. They do as they please. They take what they want, and they come into this town trying that. And essentially, um, they find that things are just not going to go their way pretty quickly, uh, and get pretty pretty heshed up and involved in this. It, it's almost like one of those, you remember, uh, if anyone remembers, American Werewolf in London, where the two the two guys enter the, the pub or whatever that's out in the middle of nowhere, and <laughs> the locals are not welcoming at all. You get this sense that something more is going on underneath that's pretty ominous, and that's exactly how this first part of this uh, issue or this arc that's coming, it just felt. Okay. It felt like they are getting into more than just versus man, more than just versus uh, a kingdom even. It feels like they have maybe uh, 
ticked off a god because there's clouds that gather at one point they they wander in and they're they're demanding basically that they uh get fair trade for this item that they looted off this ship and they were told that it was of great value um and basically that they they could find you know trade at this place where they went to and they're quickly finding out that what they have is more than likely cursed and it's not it's not going well at all the arts really it, it's very animated i would say i don't know if you remember becky clunan's art right um you weren't the big, i don't think you liked it as much as maybe the other artists they had at the time but it's very much still going with the animated style of becky clunan okay. which i'm enjoying and and Dave Stewart's still doing the beautiful colors. Right. Um, there's a lot of I don't know if you like Game of Thrones at all, folks. Uh, this one's definitely for you. Lots of limbs being just thrown about. <laughs> lots of blood being sprayed. Just you don't tick off Belit, and you definitely don't tick off the Sumerian. You don't mess with Conan. <laughs> However, um, this is probably the first time I've seen them very shaken both of them, mm -hmm. by some of the things that happened in this book. Hmm. Um, and that's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to see these hardened, you know, a, a hardened daughter, daughter of this pirate warlord who's become this tyrant of a pirate herself, and then Conan the Barbarian, you know, from, you know, Samaria. He doesn't balk at anything, yet some things happen in this that catch them flat-footed, catch them off guard, and they're like, we need to get what we want and get out. Right. You know, it's so uh, some of the folks have wrote in and said that this wasn't quite their Conan. I'm interested in finding out. Uh, I, I haven't read a, any of the old Conan stuff. I'll be completely honest. I got into it um, because I'd heard great things about Brian Wood's run. And it is very good to me. However, some folks have called it maybe a lesser Conan. And I want to see why if it. I think maybe the older Conan was wrestling beasts of enormous size and had a lot more <laughs> supernatural going on as to where I almost want to call this a Christopher Nolan's Batman. Not that it's realistic per se, right? but it's definitely more grounded. It doesn't. Now this is maybe, maybe he's trying to appease some of that in this. Uh, I definitely feel like there's an overwhelming, otherness that they're going to be up against whether it's a mad god whether it's uh some kind of spirits where it's just undead that pop up in this you don't know yet by the end of the uh, first issue you just know that it's something more right um i've yeah. i've read some old conan i don't not a ton i have some and i i think maybe where people are having a problem with this is the old conan was very much a little I would say a little bit more lighthearted in some ways. And he was kind of a, a swashbuckling sort of outspoken, you know, uh, you know, come here woman or give me some beer, you know, just, you know, very like over the top um, sort of beast of a man. And this seems to be a little bit thinner, a little more calculating, a little bit more. I, I think Wood's going for a little bit more realism in a character that has, typically been a little bit more over the top right and i get and and if that's it i i feel like now i haven't read it and i've i've only seen and maybe talked to folks i feel like this is a much younger conan than maybe mm -hmm. i don't know how young that he's ever been portrayed right but 
perhaps this may be the first, if only, woman that had such impact on him. Belit's a big deal to him. Yeah. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe he's got a little too much um, heart in this and a little bit, you know, he still very much takes what he wants and does what he wants, by the way. Yeah. Um, there might be a lot more thought into it than just punch camel, take glass of beer, you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, like there's a little bit more into it than that, which I loved the Schwarzenegger stuff. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> or, or, you know, it just, but to me, I like it because if that's where we're going, if we're going into a much more direct Conan, I want to see how he got there. Yeah. Why did he just turn? What it can? I really hope that we see that moment where he turns off a lot of emotion, I guess, mm-hmm. and a lot of that thoughtfulness for a reason. I'm hoping maybe we see that in this. Yeah, that very perhaps. Well could be. Yeah. Now there's a there's a King Conan book too, correct? There is, and I I pro- maybe picking that up might give me some insight as to I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who's I, writing that or. I think I'm going to pick up the Savage Sword, one of those collected editions, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people, that's that's where you know, the classic is. Yeah. And um, I definitely want to try that out and see what, um, what the, I don't know, how the lines cross the stream, whatever, and now I can't even speak, but yeah. <laughs> well, and I, that, that just sprung a thought in my head. Do you remember last week we were talking about Sonya? I mentioned that the, you know, the regular title, uh, Red Sonia, She De- She Devil with a Sword, was still ongoing. Right. It is, but actually, it is ending at issue eighty. Oh wow! And I I can't remember if that came out, but it's if it's not over yet, it's it's over within like a month or two. So that'll be gone. I I don't have any word on Queen Sonia, but we do know that you know Legends of Queen Sonia, the miniseries, will be coming out. And that's the Gail Simone project with the uh, various uh, different writers and artists and telling their own Red Sonia stories. So, I'm I'm excited for that. And yeah, I, I'm on board for that. I feel bad though. Like I feel like I love Gail Simone, mm-hmm. and I'm loving Red Sonia. But I feel like, and I and I kind of feel the same way with this Brian Woods Conan. Like those. Those other titles that maybe some talented people, you know, that aren't well known yet are doing are getting very overshadowed and maybe just I've only got room for one Conan or one Sonya, so I'm gonna get what I know to be the absolute best. Right. And the other the other books don't even give a shot. You know? Well the nice thing is you there's so much history with those books you can always go back, you know. Like I did getting the, the Red Sonia omnibus and and when we were at Heroes Con I picked up a trade, so and, and I enjoyed that stuff and for me, it's more about just really loving the character and and sort of that genre of story. And that high adventure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and whether it's Conan or it's Red Sonia, it's just um, I love that kind of stuff. So that's very good. And uh, I'm still hoping for the Samurai Jack Conan Red Sonia crossover. Yeah. <laughs> I'll awesome. be holding out for that. And you know what? Let's just throw Usagi Ojimbo in there too. Oh, why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> Somehow. All right. Well, let's move on from the reviews. We're just about at the 40-minute mark, and we'll go into our special feature, which we'll be talking about some movie news. There's quite a bit going on there. But let's first get a message from our sponsor, which is StashMyComics.com. 
We'd also like to thank uh, B&D Comics, our little log cabin up on the hill in Roanoke, Virginia. Oh, wow, yeah, and, and just a note here, they, I don't know if you've been in, but they just really opened up their showroom. Oh, uh, really? They did a fantastic job with reorganizing it oh, and wow. making it feel a lot more open. They had gotten so many items in there because it is a wealth of, of just comic awesome right that that things had felt maybe a little cramped there for a minute okay but they opened it way up and it is just very nice like they they've done a good job in cool. just making it feel like you can go grab whatever you want however you want you nice. do a cartwheel <laughs> I, would, I would like to me, see that me doing that would be like john belushi doing a cartwheel <laughs> but sure why not and he could you know i don't say anything he could do them i couldn't so <laughs> Now, I feel like we need to have some sort of video of one of us doing a cartwheel to post up on the site. That's all you In man. the comic shop. Could I, I've got, is there enough I, room to do that? I, I, I'll do it. I, I'm going to let you do it because I'm training for a 5K. Okay. And it's not going to go right with my neck. Like gotcha. either broke or an ankle just gone. I'll just have to be careful <laughs> not to knock over anything I don't want to pay for. <laughs> we could just, um, we could line it with really, you know, Comics that she just—I don't know. Maybe there's comics she just has no want of. <laughs> so, all right. Well, first a message from our sponsor. One, two, three. StashMyComics.com is the leading free online interactive comic book database. Catalog your comics and track prices, character and creator appearances. Follow the daily blog reviews, editorials, and a weekly podcast. Connect with other fans through member reviews and discussion forums. Keep abreast of site updates on Twitter at StashMyComics and find us on Facebook. StashMyComics.com, powered by Geek Energy. Nailed it. Okay, special feature. Back to the movies. And the news that's on everybody's mind, unless you've been living under a rock, which is possible. I feel sorry if you if you're living under a rock. By the way, <laughs> my that's not comfortable. Cancer. Huh? So I, my birth sign's a cancer, so mm. um, I'm supposed to maybe live under a rock or something okay. of that sort. But <laughs> crabby. Ben know. Affleck, there's your Batman. Thoughts? Uh, at first, <laughs> I uh, I felt like the world had ended. Yeah. At first, a like late. a lot of other fans, I think. A little bit like crying. A little. A sigh here and there. What I'm not going to do is like some other folks is go back and try to be open-minded about this. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm not going to do. You know the but people I'm... who are being open-minded are the people that that weren't open-minded for Heath Ledger and don't want to get caught in that trap again. So they're like, oh, it, it could be okay. Could be. Well, that's the, that's the thing, though. Like a lot of folks were like, well, people said about Keaton or said to, uh, Heath Ledger. I never said that about when I was... Girl, the age I was when Keaton was Batman, all I knew was I love Batman. Right. And I'm sure there'll be kids like that for this movie. Sure. That's fine. That's great. Um, and then Heath Ledger, I never said that. I always loved Night's Tale. And uh, I liked him in that other weird datey movie. It was like the 10 things I hate about you. Right. I liked him in that even. And I never thought, well, this is going to be terrible because this guy can't act. I was like, it's a weird choice. Mm -hmm. But I didn't think, oh, man, this guy... I'm not going to be able to see him as anything but himself, which is how I feel about Ben Affleck. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, I posted something, I think, on uh, my own Facebook page about how 
I didn't like Ben Affleck. I can't say I don't like him. I don't know the guy. Yeah. But I can say that I can't see him as anybody but Ben Affleck. Yeah. And a lot of it had to do with the Kevin Smith movies. And I, I grew up watching those, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just tough for me to see past that. And that's my own, that's my own holdup. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him for that. I don't blame the studio or the casting or that's my own holdup. It's just for me, I can't, I don't think even, you know, if he, he gets, if he acts it well, I, he can act well. Yeah. I know this because he did it. And yes, everybody's going back to the phantoms, yo. And then <laughs> like, you know, he's a great director in Argo and he was, I heard he was really good in the town as well. Yeah. I didn't see the town. saw Argo. Yeah. Thought he so was good. he's always been a solid actor. I don't know that that's ever been in question. I think the baggage that surrounds this guy for, for fanboys just makes this a bad choice, whether or not he pulls it off or not. I think they're going to lose themselves quite a bit of money just from the hardcore people that are like, you know what? He screwed up Daredevil. I hated Daredevil. I'm not doing this. And there's so many other actor choices that they could have gone with. I'm just curious why Ben Affleck, not that he can't do it. Not that he's a terrible actor, but out of the huge pool that you have to choose from, why this one? It's very weird because they had to. Someone had to have known this was gonna spark some some negativity, yeah. you know, if not a lot. Which, you know, yeah. But and maybe that's what they wanted. Maybe they wanted people talking, and they felt, hey, even negative backlash is something. Um, it let's get people talking. I don't know. Maybe, but wow. I mean, okay. And this is supposed to, what I gathered, and this is what I've heard, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is supposed to be a direct sequel to The Man of Steel. Right. Okay. That movie polarized people already. Um, as far as I'm concerned, like my group of friends is right. polarized to this. Some loved it, some not so much. Yeah. Um, so it's already a polarized um, <laughs> what do I want to call it? Stable of movies we're going into here. Mm-hmm. Um, and to go ahead and further uh, split the crowd, divide whatever, it just doesn't sound like it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Now, we'll say a lot of folks, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll argue, well, that just makes them work harder for it. They fell off the horse. They're, you know, they're going to get back on it, and that makes them try that much harder you get that much better product. That's a gamble, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> that that doesn't always mean that this person can act or can maybe he can act in other ways, but as of yet, as a superhero, his track record is not the best. Granted, mm. that was another movie. Right. That was another hero and another director, a whole the whole nine. Yeah. But you know, still it's it's another one of those things because from what I remember, if I remember correctly, he wanted to play Daredevil because he loved Daredevil. He yeah. wanted to play Batman because he loved Batman. Hey, I love the Hulk. Am I going to be the Hulk? <laughs> not a chance. You know, I mean, Grant, I'm not even an actor, but yeah, is that normal for <laughs> you know? He, well, he he really wants to do it, so we're going to do it. Yeah, I don't. He's definitely a fan, and that's that's a good thing. But like I said, so many other choices. So many other actors that are like hot and, and in the now and and ready to prove themselves. I I would have 
I, I really wanted them to go Joseph Gordon-Levitt on this I because I feel like if they'd have gone that direction, it would have kept Nolan's stuff sort of in continuity with all this. You know what I mean? You could watch the three Batman movies and go, okay, well, at the end here, spoilers, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to be Batman, you know? And then fold that right into the Superman movie. I mean, do, it doesn't really matter to me that Bruce Wayne is Batman. I think you could have pulled it off uh, uh, Dick Grayson as Batman. Everybody's seen those movies. It wouldn't be that hard to explain to somebody, hey, uh, Bruce Wayne gave it up, gave it to Dick Grayson. Um, there's a new Batman. Sorry. Yeah. And well, I had, a, I had mentioned this to one of my friends, a good buddy of mine, and um, he brought up the fact that he was like, Nolan had grounded... Batman as much as you could like not that it was you don't want to say it was realistic but it's as realistic as you could make Batman right and he thought that there's no way you should be able to mix the other DCU characters in that universe because of how grounded it was Mm -hmm. Um, however the more I think about it like I get that but at the same time well Superman's supposed to be like this big deal and maybe he was the first super powered being that hit that universe Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could spin it in a lot of different ways. I would have much preferred Levitt, as I think a lot of people would have, just because, okay, he's a proven actor and for me. You know, I mean, I, I really think I could see him in the suit. I could see him as uh, a Playboy type if that's the way they were going to act it. And if yeah. they weren't going to act it that way, because it wouldn't be Bruce Wayne. Maybe he's just a cop by day because that's who the character was. Right. Um, and that's how it, it spins out, which would be a lot harder to, to convince people you're not a hero when you're when you're being that type of hero by day. Right. But I don't know. I think the we more can... you bring other characters into it, the less critical it is that you have a Bruce Wayne because they're all going to try to protect their identities, and there's going to be a lot less focus on Bruce Wayne and more focus on Batman. Right. That's so, true. If that's where they're going, which I think they are. And then you can keep your Green Lantern movie, you know, in continuity. Uh, as long as you make a good Green Lantern movie to follow up the other one, <laughs> which they've they still keep mentioning. I don't know if that's uh, going to happen. I'm going to be shot for saying this, and you might even be the one to pull the trigger. <laughs> I liked Green Lantern better than I liked Man of Steel. That's really? me. Wow. That's me. Yeah, you. I heard you. You pulled it. Dang it. <laughs> Friends shot me. Um, I did. I I did. And I I did because I think that even though I wasn't the biggest fan of of Ryan Reynolds uh, being Hal Jordan uh, to a point, like he had it kind of there. It was I kind of liked it. And even though it was such a a just I don't know, they crammed so much into it. They tried the origin. They tried going straight to something that was way out there. I felt like the aliens themselves were done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I liked that part, and that, that was a main thing. And I guess, I don't know, looking at it again, they kept, they kept the core of what Green Lantern was supposed to be true. And I'm on that boat with Superman where I felt like they lost Superman in mm-hmm. Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my opinion. Okay. I you know I just felt like you're allowed to have one of those. You are. 
I'm You're sorry. allowed to have an opinion, is what I'm saying. Well, I knew I knew <laughs> that you liked it, and I know that some of my other uh, my other you know great friends and comic uh, buddies they they really enjoyed it, and I and I can see that, but I just I don't know. That, am that I was... getting too old, Matt? Am I? No. Am I, am see, I just old Coke Neil now? <laughs> that was the Superman I wanted, and that's the Superman I want in the comics. I want the slightly more aggressive, still charming, but ultimately alien Superman. And to me, that's why the movie nailed it for me. When they talked about making the movie, I said in my mind, that's where they have to go to make me like Superman. And I liked this Superman. And Superman, I've always liked as a kid, but I've never really been like a huge fan. And and this movie kind of got me into that mode where I was like, I could be a fan of this. I, I like this Superman. I like this story. I like the guy who plays him. So that's right. why I liked it. Can I go ahead and just say, okay, folks, huge spoilers here. Huge spoilers. Because here's the here's the deal with me. Like, all right, you remember Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, our favorite character, Captain America. Right. Um. <laughs> My favorite scene in Avengers, even though I'm not the biggest Captain America fan in comics these days, um, was with Captain America. Mm-hmm. Because they hit the core of that character, the icon that he is on the head with that scene where he gets the tar kicked out of him saying that saving that room full of people or whatnot. Right. He lands on that car, and it's just he's peeling himself up off of it. The girl comes outside, sees him, and is like, that man just saved us, and I'm not even sure he can walk now. Right. And that's, you know, that's crazy. With Superman, they skipped a lot of that for me. They skipped a lot of that hope. Mm-hmm. And that and, and a lot of, it just felt like, well, everything's blown the heck. What did I really save? Right. Um, which, yeah, they blew up a lot of stuff in Avengers. Mm-hmm. But you saw the hope from people in that. Yeah. You saw that. And Superman, yeah, they, I mean, he, okay, the big spoiler is he kills. He kills and he doesn't do what I think uh, nine times out of ten a Superman does, and that's get, like, the battle away from these people he's come to love, he's come to emulate. Right. He, you know, that's just me. Like, I, I didn't understand why there, there had to be, I could see so many ways and I don't know, like I was just like, why, why is he just knocking them through all of this stuff and not taking the fight away from all of these people? Um, And maybe that's just me being a huge comic geek. (laughs) And, and that's, but that to me though, it was like, you try to get the civilians out of there or you try to take it away from them as much as those characters in particular, there's certain comic heroes that just do what they have to any which way they can, and that's why they have their place. That's not Superman. That's not Captain America. That's to me, you know. Right. Uh, eh, I'm old. Uh, no, I see that side of it. I'm older than you are, so. Well, but yeah, but not at heart, Matt. <laughs> not at heart. <laughs> Apparently, I'm an 80 year old man at heart. Well, let's let's move on to a couple little more pieces of news before we wrap this up. Uh, Scarlet Witch is going to be, I'd almost spilt my coffee, Scarlet Witch is going to be in the next Avengers movie, and it looks like they've cast Elizabeth Olsen 
And for those of you who don't know who she is, more famously, I guess, known as the sister to the famous Olsen twins, a la Full House. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> the famous Olsen twins, Quicksilver. Ah. <laughs> Lame. Those, you know, those little girls from Full House, all grown up, and they had a sister. Who knew? I didn't know. But apparently she's in uh, the Godzilla movie, which is in post-production, and has been in some other films as well as films with her sisters and such. So I don't know much about her. She's pretty, and apparently she's a pretty good actress. So, hey, it, it's good to kind of have semi-unknowns, I think, in these in a lot of these superhero roles for me. I, I don't know how uh, much Whedon's involved in his casting, mm-hmm. but... If I know Whedon, and I like to think I do, he really does a good job with uh, working with his strong females. Yeah. And um, I'm interested in seeing how this turns out as far as this is a relatively unknown Yep. for a lot of us, for me at least. And mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I think this could be a good thing, a great thing. I don't, I don't have the... The greatest relationship with uh, Scarlet Witch in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't really, I don't want to say I don't care, but it's not like huge for me. Okay. Uh, of course, you don't want someone stinking it up, yeah. a la Holly Berry as Storm, <laughs> which, oh. okay, that's debatable <laughs> or a again. Catwoman. <laughs> this could be said that the lines were wrote, you know, just terrible lines given to a great actress, <laughs> but I've never really liked her as an actress anyway. But anyway. Why is there so much hate in me? Um, so much hate. How about Bradley Cooper uh, for Rocket Raccoon's voice? Another rumor. Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon. I The current Rocket, and maybe even the older one, I can very much see it. Mm-hmm. I can. It's an interesting choice. It makes me really wonder why they went with him instead I, of I, some of the rumored people I'd heard about. I can't even picture like his voice. Like I think this is more of a... Hey, Bradley Cooper is one of the sexiest men alive. Let's attach his name to Guardians of the Galaxy and then tick off the entire female audience by making him the voice of the raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> this is what will happen. Yeah, and that, that's... They had mentioned some... Like, they mentioned making him British. They had some really good British actors that folks hmm. were pulling for or maybe were even mentioned. Um... And did I they, kind of was hoping for them. Do they have raccoons in in uh, Britain? <laughs> Britain. <laughs> I don't know. They have hedgehogs. Um, as far as raccoons, I'm not sure. Hmm. Sure, why not? Yeah. I think raccoons are everywhere anymore. I think they are, actually. I think they've become one of those uh, pests. I, I watched an interesting uh, documentary on raccoons, so yeah. Was it nature? Because I watched the same thing, and oh my gosh, this show just went way off topic. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're talking about raccoons and their effect upon the environment. Where they were brought to Japan or something? Yeah, okay, yeah, that one. Yeah, awesome. That's creepy. We just like like, had had a a nature moment. It's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back if we can, we can tie this in. Did you see that Netflix is now showing one of your favorites, uh, Judge Dredd movie or Dredd? I did not know that. I think it's on instant watch now. I, I caught wind of that. That's exciting. Yeah. And the fact that if it gets more and more recognition, yep. we're going to get a sequel. Yep. 
Carl or Carl Urban will do this if there's interest is there. He's In between the next Star Trek movie, he can do it quickly. <sighs> it'd be good. It would. It it'd be even better if they just didn't do that uh that uh almost human show that he's gonna be doing and they just do a dread show. Yeah. It'd be good. <laughs> I'll still watch the almost human show. Put that out there, it's gonna be cool. Almost human. Haven't heard of it. It's it's basically uh, he's playing a cop with a robot partner, I think, or something like that. Huh. And it's like cool. it's gonna be a Fox show that they'll probably cancel. I, I think it's gonna be Fox. I'm not sure. I could be wrong on that. If it is, they'll cancel it. But <laughs> sounds kind of like a tamer version of RoboCop. Because you know it'll be good. Like, yeah. It's gonna be crazy. And then they'll <laughs> be like, "Well, this is too good." Yeah. Like Firefly, let's can it. <laughs> Which I you didn't like, but it's okay. No, I'm more partial to uh, your Farscape and that type of sci-fi. It you... is on Fox. I'm so terrified. <laughs> and it's a J. It's a J.J. Abrams deal. Oh gosh, he has his hand in everything. Which is interesting. He used him as bones in Star Trek. He's got him again as this guy and uh, almost human. So yeah, all right. He likes that guy. Always a job. That's awesome. Awesome. All right, I'm I'm running out of steam here. My coffee's gone, and we're almost at the hour mark, so we shall wrap it up, shall we? Rapidu, rap, rapidu. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, uh, you can tell it's a little late. Yeah. Uh, and Matt's had coffee, and I haven't. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna go like bombard a coffee store and come back like wired and do like a whole conversation between me and myself. Okay. <laughs> of, um, I don't know, some topic. You should do that. Record it, and we'll put it on the show. Probably you... something about African and European swallows, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want everybody to remember to go to stashmycomics.com and be uh, the word and dcomics.com, our two sponsors. And we will see you next week because... This is a weekly show now. We're doing it. And hope you like the show. Obviously, if you want to get in contact with us, how about type in info at apeforcomics.com and go to our website, which is now basically our Facebook site. I've moved Ape My, Ape, <laughs> Ape My Comics, apeforcomics.com. Uh, when you go there, you're basically redirected to the Facebook page. So uh, join up, join in the conversation. You can always uh, find the podcast at stashmycomics.com. Under the little social button, there's a podcast section. Feel free to comment there as well, and we will respond. Yes, hop, jump like a bunny over to the page, please. Yes. And give us feedback, because I want to know what we can do to make it better for you guys. Yeah, request something. If you want us to read something, or if you want to talk about something, we're happy to do that for you. So, anyhow... Everybody have a good night, good week, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.